Hey Rock family, my name is Vince Freeman. I have the joy of serving as one of our online pastors and you're joining us in the middle of a series called Better Together. Today I have the very special honor of sharing God's word and the message with you and I get to do it next to my wife, Kira, my best friend, the love of my life, the mother of our child and we've been together for 11 years. So honored, I'm so honored to do ministry with you. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about building powerful biblical community. And the text comes out of Ephesians chapter 4. So if you want to jump on your Bible app, open your word to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Today's passage comes from a letter that Paul wrote called Ephesians. Here's a little bit of background information for you. Ephesus was a huge city, and Paul has been serving as an effective missionary there for years. He's actually in prison, and he's writing this encouragement to both Jews and Gentile believers in the city. In the first half of the letter, Paul is exploring the story of the gospel, who Jesus is, and what his death and resurrection means to us. The second half of the letter, where we're going to start, is the transition to understanding how what Jesus has done should affect how we live in our daily lives, especially in the context of community. So if you have your Bibles, let's open it up together to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. If you don't remember anything else for today, here's my sermon in a sentence, my three points. Remember this, be humble, be patient, and be united. These are three key reminders of what we need to grow in community with each other. So to help me illustrate my first point, I'm going to have my wife share a little bit about our journey and how we came to San Diego and how we grew in biblical community. Um, for those of you who don't know our story, we were living in North Carolina. We felt like God was calling us to move to San Diego. Uh, long story short, we had no car, no job, and no place to stay. It's not the ideal conditions for stepping into a new city, but God provided for us. And so can you share a little bit about the process for how humbling that was in our journey early in our marriage? Yeah, I mean, we just moved to a new location and you're trying to make friends, but you don't expect to be asking for so many things yeah. right off the bat. And so it's very humbling to to ask for rent money or food or yeah. to drive to the grocery store. It's, it can yeah. be a little bit embarrassing. We were so blessed to be able to find a life group at The Rock at the time. They lived a few miles from us and they would come pick us up. They'd take us back home. Sometimes we'd be at their house till 11 o'clock at night. And what we found was that they became instant family. And not only them, but other members in the group basically adopted us. Everybody in the group was like maybe 10, 15 years older than us. And they just adopted us. It was such a beautiful picture of God's love. Can you share a little bit about how God used our new community that we found to redeem some of the wounds that especially you had in your past? Yeah, right before we had moved to San Diego, I went through a situation with a friend where she basically told me I, in a way, had taken advantage of her kindness. And so in moving here, I was like, I'm not asking for help from anybody, yeah. no more rides or anything like that. And so God was like, no, I want to redeem that and I want to create a situation where you can feel like you can trust people again. Yeah, when we you know, first moved out here, we had money saved up. You know, we thought, oh, we'll get a job, we'll just get a car, it'll be super easy. And God stripped us of every single thing possible, really in order for us to rely on people. It was not what we wanted to do, 
But as soon as we were vulnerable and we were honest and really started experiencing biblical humility and asking for help, God provided in a way that we never thought was possible. Uh, people took us to Disneyland. They paid for us you know, to get groceries. They would drive us to church. And because we had to rely on these people, the bonds you know, grew so close. We were instant family. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about how pride can keep people from really growing closer uh, in relationships? Yeah, I think especially when you're meeting someone new, you kind of want to come across as having it all together yeah. or that you've, you've already done everything you need for yourself. But I think it's hard to ask for help because then it means you have to be vulnerable and show people some of your weaknesses. Yeah. And it's just not something that we like to do. Yeah, I mean, especially in America, you know, we want to be self-made. We want to be completely put together. We don't want to come into a friendship feeling needy. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly how we came. I mean, our marriage wasn't in a good place. We had been married like a year and a half. We were struggling. We didn't have the basic things we needed. We were constantly asking for help. I remember every day after church on Sunday, we're like heading straight to the altar for prayer. But it was that vulnerability that God broke down our pride, mm -hmm. allowed us to experience his love for us, uh, but also connected us with each other. Yeah. So that's kind of how we began to receive community, but we've also been able to lead community as well. We've led ministries together, we've led tons of groups together. Uh, and I think that one of the biggest things we've learned as leaders is how to lead well with humility. It's something that you're constantly learning. And I think a lot of people feel afraid to lead because they think, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a Bible scholar. Like what if somebody asks me a question? I don't know. How would you encourage someone who's maybe afraid of leading to step in and say like, it's okay. Yeah, I think just remembering that you and the people that are in your group, you're equals. And I think that so many times we think we have to show up having all the material done and just be able to present it. But I think what's really important is, is knowing that you can learn together. Yeah. So take the, take the passage and break it down together, study it together and learn at the same time instead yeah. of trying to be like, you know, I'm the one, yeah. I'm the pastor almost of right. this group. The pressure is off when yeah. you really learn to rely on the Holy Spirit and just say, I'm helping create an environment where people can learn, uh, not just I'm the leader. It has to be my way or the highway. Kira, thanks so much for coming to work with me today. Uh, I love that we get to do this and learn how to lead better together and build community. So I love you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Next up, I'm excited to introduce my two next guests, Jordan and Jeremy Allen. They're twin brothers from Cleveland, Ohio, but we actually met in our young adults ministry in San Diego. We've been growing together in our online discipleship group. We just celebrated two years of meeting together. I love these guys, and I know you will too. They're going to join me on Zoom right now. What's up, fellas? How you doing? What's up, brother? Good to see Brother, you. Brother, thank you for having us. Man. Yeah. It's a blessing. So today we're talking about growing in biblical community and how our lives are better together. And I want to talk about point two, being patient, and how patience plays a huge part in our growth as believers. You know, we live in a culture that values instant gratification and immediate results. So I was wondering if you guys could both share a little bit about how patience has had an impact on our growth and our friendship. So we'll start with you, Jeremy. Yeah, man. Uh... And patience for me in our friendship has been a major factor in, in our development, in our discipleship brotherhood, because it's it's a fruit of the spirit. It's something that, that we need in order to make this work. As for ourselves, we were, you know, just trying to get aligned to figure out times for us to meet every week and right. staying consistent with that. So we had to be patient to build out that consistency. And then also just 
as far as you know being patient with each other we we all have different kind of um, experiences that we've gone through and then we all kind of share our experiences and usually we're reaching out to each other for help or guidance in certain situations and you know I feel like patience we, we always go back to patience where it's like you know have you prayed about it have, are you waiting yeah. you know what are you doing while you're waiting so forth so That's patience good. has been a, a major key in this whole brotherhood and discipleship yeah what about for you Jordan yeah, yeah, I think uh, Jeremy hit a, hit a lot of great points there, but uh, patience has definitely been just a huge component of, of our relationship from the from the beginning, really just battling through uh, where we're going to meet, and then it went from meeting in person to, oh crap, now we got COVID, and how do we manage that, how do we build off that, and then how do you manage this virtual world while, while also, you know, Vince has a family and children, and Jeremy recently got married, and then it was me moving all over the country, and it's just like, how do you really have have balance in that, and also just keep the patience, and really keep the faith to, to know that us as brothers will just push the agenda of showing love. Yeah. I think that's one thing I love about our group, is that we're all in different stages of life. You know, Jordan, you're in New York. You're single. Jeremy, you just recently got married. I'm married with a kid but we can all learn from each other. It does require a level of patience. We've all got different schedules. We're in different time zones, but it's something beautiful about when people come together and they learn, especially when they're in different stages of life. I think um, one thing about patience is that growth is incremental, right? So we all have different areas that we want to grow, whether it's spiritually, physically, uh, mentally, and it's hard to accurately measure when you grow, right? Like, it's like, man, am I getting stronger? Am I getting deeper in the word? Am I getting closer with Jesus? But when you're in a discipleship group with one another, it's easier for someone else to say, man, Jeremy, I see how you're asking different questions, you know, this year than last year. Or Jordan, I can see how your love for Jesus is growing stronger. And that's one thing I learned, like biblical patience is like not ghosting each other, not saying, oh man, he didn't show up this week, so I'm done with him. Or, you know, he's never going to get it. It's like really crafting and molding our lives uh, and uh, making allowance for our growth. Uh, I want to close with this. What's something that each one of you can share for someone who's like, man, I want to be in a group like this or I want to start a group like that. Like, how would you encourage them today? You want me to lead us off? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah sure. I would just say, uh, A, just take the step in and, and say yes uh, to being a part of a group and B, be vulnerable. There's like nothing more powerful than like being vulnerable with a group of brothers that uh, that bring this space to you for you to be vulnerable. I just uh, I've never felt like more uh, more a part of the kingdom or more a part of the body of Christ than when I when I share with my brothers and they pour into me. They say iron sharpens iron, and having uh, two brothers to lean on every single Tuesday is a true blessing. That's awesome. 6 a.m. Tuesday mornings, man. That's when we get after it. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. What about you, Jeremy? But um, as for myself, I would say the what I would if I was to encourage someone to you know go toward a discipleship group or start a discipleship group, I would again go to Jordan's point. It's being vulnerable, being transparent, and as open as possible because it's a it's a brotherhood or a sisterhood or you know it's just discipleship where. The things that we go through, we never know if someone else may be going through that as well or they have gone through it. And most cases, any type of sin that we may be encountering, 
you know, there's scripture to back it up, and, and we can go to the Word to kind of help and guide us, or not to kind of, it will guide us and help us get through those journeys that, you know, anything that we're wrestling with. So I would encourage anyone to, you know, in Jesus, I mean, he, I feel like there's a calling for more disciples and yeah. for us to be disciples and so forth. So, yeah, it, I feel like it's a calling for me, and I know it's a calling for a lot of other people out there. So I definitely encourage you to just take that step and just believe that if you take that step, the Holy Spirit inside of you is going to guide you. Like, you're not going to fall short if you try to, you know, pull toward discipleship. So I'll leave it with that. I love it. Guys, I love you so much. Thanks for being a part of my life. It's awesome to not only just call you friends, but also brothers. So take care. All right, family. So just for review, we talked about being humble, being patient, and now we're going to talk about being united together in the spirit. And it's 2022, and today it is so easy to be divided over every single topic, especially in the church. But I believe God's heart for his people is that they would represent a united front. Not that we have to agree on every nuance, but that the differences in our opinions would not keep us from loving each other deeply. Paul says to make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. If it was easy, I don't think he would be encouraging us to make every effort. We have forces that are stronger than ourselves that would desire for us to be pulled apart in every direction. But the Spirit of God is stronger than any demonic force. Those who have chosen to live a surrendered life to His Spirit bring unity wherever they go instead of division, and they bring peace instead of chaos. I have the honor of a special guest, Veronica, joining us today. She's been a part of our in-person community in San Diego, and now she's in Northern Africa, loving and expressing God's heart to those around her. Thanks so much, Veronica, for being here and just sharing about what it means to be united in the spirit. You know, no matter what country you've been in, and I know you've been in a lot, I would imagine that people are pretty much the same. We have the same needs, we have the same wants. What's it been like experiencing and connecting with different cultures all over the globe? Well, I actually grew up um, pretty cross-cultural. Uh, my family's from Chile and from Spain, and I grew up in the D.C. metro area. Um, so my neighbors were from Thailand, and I had people from Syria in oh, wow. the neighborhood as well. And so I grew up um, around multicultural group and traveled almost all my life. Um, so for me, it was more normal to be around people from different countries yeah. instead of you know, just Americans and things. So. How have you seen God move through the spirit of unity? Just as you've, you know, grew up multicultural, you're basically designed to do what you do now, which is to go all over the globe and share God's heart. You know, what's been your favorite part of connecting with people from other cultures? Um, well, one incident that really stands out was uh, we did a prison ministry trip to the Philippines. Um, and we, there was a group of about 10 of us that went and we visited a women's prison and all the women there, they um, were all dressed in their yellow uniform but, and waiting for us with a big bright smiles and filled with joy, just super excited uh, to see us. And these were people that we had never met before, people that spoke a different language, that um, just were happy to see us because we had the same power in heaven, that yeah. we were part of the same family. And that's where God really uh, opened my eyes to see that we have such a huge family all over the world, you know, no matter what we look like or what we sound like, how we speak or, you know, where we live. Yeah. You know, we have that same spirit that's connecting us. And so that was a really sweet moment. 
the Bible talks a lot about the spirit of adoption and how God adopted us to be a part of his family. And you shared a little bit about that. What was your own journey like as you began to understand God's love for you and how, you know, being one of God's children meant that you had this extended family all over the world? It was a huge blessing, honestly. Um, growing up, I felt like I never belonged, um, and that I didn't, or I didn't know where I belonged, you know. And and it was always a little bit different. And now I know that's okay because God has uh, made us each unique in a specific way, and He's so creative, you know. And and He He makes us each a unique way for a special purpose. Yeah. And so, um, just realizing that now and being able to connect in the ways that he has me uh, going into different places and giving me the specific access to, you know, certain people groups and things. It's yeah. been a huge blessing. Um, and just that sense of belonging and knowing that I belong to him. And, yeah. you know, nothing else really matters. So it's, it's been pretty sweet to, to know that and have that big family all over the world. Yeah. So you've shared a little bit about, you know, being united through the spirit. But you found a really unique way, and it's something that you're good at, about how you've connected with people around the world. Can you share a little bit about how fitness has helped you to connect with people no matter what culture they're in? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've been doing CrossFit and weightlifting for several years. Um, I was actually living in Kenya and helped to open a CrossFit gym there. Um, and so now in Northern Africa, the same thing. Um, it's just been a really interesting and cool way to connect with people um, through CrossFit. Yeah. You know, they, it, people are really receptive to you so quickly um, when you come into the gym and you suffer together through the workouts and, you know, you, you do the same movements alongside each other and, and just in the end, you're both there supporting one another and you have that same bond that, that just so quick and, and it's such an easy way to be ingrained into the community. Yeah. I love that example because it's such a beautiful picture of discipleship at work, right? So you're there, you know, working with people, helping them become more physically fit. You might be showing them different exercises that they might not have done before. And that's how it is in our spiritual lives as well. Oftentimes we need a guide. We need someone who knows what they're doing and say, hey, like, I'm going to be here to help spot you or I'm going to be here to help show you this new exercise to help you grow stronger. Uh, I'm not a CrossFitter, but I know just from being in San Diego that it's such a tight-knit community. You know, you see the same people, you know, they hang out before and after the workouts. Um, what have you seen God do just in the middle of you sharing something like physical fitness with people and how it's transformed their lives? Um, well, in Kenya, we actually did scripture-led workouts. Um, which was putting the Bible stories um, into the workout itself. You know? cool. So instead of just doing like three sets of 10 of specific movements, you know, we actually, you know, do like Ephesians 6, 10, six rounds for 10 repetitions. Oh, okay. But all the movements, um, like the breastplate of righteousness, you do push-ups, you know, the belt of truth, you do medicine ball twists and things. And so it really had helped uh, bring the Bible to life to many people and, and help them to remember and like walk in it as well yeah um and and just like no matter where you go in the world if you see somebody wearing a specific shirt or specific shoes you know they're like oh you crossfit or where do you crossfit kind of thing and it, it just opens up uh immediate conversations and, and so it's like you don't have to kind of through any red tape you can have you have that instant access to be able to connect with that person 
and even um, just within a few moments, you can you know have deeper conversations with that because they're already welcoming you in um, to their to their life into their circle. I love it. You know? and, and so that's been um, like even even here, I've been learning Arabic, and so after the workout. Um, you know, I'll sit with some of the ladies and they help me to practice some of the Arabic that I've been learning, you know, and, and it's, it's been super humbling as well, um, just being able to practice and, and not always know the right words to say, um, but they're super welcoming and, and uh, encouraging and, and to help me in that, you know, so yeah. like, whereas they see me lifting all this heavy weight and saying, oh, I want to be like you. You know, I tell them, no, be like Jesus. Come on. But at the same time, they're like, they're like, um, you know, you can you can speak like this, and it's okay, and and you know, like they have this joy just because I'm trying, even yeah. though you know it's not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> In any way. That's awesome. How would you encourage someone who? Uh, maybe has a particular gifting or a skill like yourself and they're really into a particular thing like CrossFit or soccer or whatever, you've utilized that gift to connect with people. And I know there's a lot of people who are watching right now. They're like, man, I'm, I'm gifted in finance or I'm a real estate agent or something. And like, how can I use what God's gifted me in to reach people for him? How would you encourage somebody who's sitting here watching and wondering what they can do? Uh, yeah, so definitely just stay connected to God, stay, stay connected to the vine. Um, you know, you don't always have to know the answers um, because, you know, I, I definitely don't know all the answers, but, you, you know, what's important is to continue to know him and he'll, he'll guide you, you know, keep asking God, um, stay plugged in, you know, get connected um, to people around you. Um, the one beautiful thing about the Rock Church is, um, when I was there in person, also, I got connected to so many different ministries. And just through that, I was able to, to find a community and find what it was that um, God was calling me to do, you know. And so it's just just getting getting involved, getting yeah. connected um, in, in any possible way that you can, you know. And then God will direct your steps because he can only direct somebody that's already moving. Yep. You know, you can't just be still. Um, and expect something to happen, you have to go. <laughs> yep. I always say I think God would rather, you know, steer us than push us. And so take steps yeah. of faith. Allow God's grace to guide you. Uh, Veronica, I know it's 1130 where you are in the evening. Thanks so much for making time. I want to end with one last question. How can our online community and our church be praying for you as you do what you do? Oh, thank you. Um, and I just ask that I could um, walk in the manner worthy of what he's called me to do, you know, just to give me that greater capacity to know him and to make him known, um, because that's ultimately the purpose here, um, you know, that he would open the eyes and the hearts and minds of the people around us here uh, to know him, you know, yeah. to receive him, and so that the things that we do and say can be that uh, welcoming spirit and in, in that show his love to, to them. Yeah. So. Well, would it be okay for... Also, what's that? Go ahead, go ahead. Um, and just um, prayers for a greater capacity to learn Arabic. <laughs> ah, yes. Okay. Would it be okay if we pray for you right now? Absolutely. Thank okay. you. Father, thank you so much for this time today that even though we're on different sides of the world, you've given us the technology and the capacity to be united together because we both share the same dad. So I lift up Veronica to you. I thank you for calling her out, uh, for the people that you've called her to connect with. Uh, thank you for blessing her with the skills and the abilities 
to teach people about your word through CrossFit. And uh, we, we ask for a greater revelation of who you are, give her strength and patience, help her to remain humble as she leads, and give her a greater capacity to learn Arabic so she can reach more people for the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much, Veronica. Thank you so much. We love having you as a part of our online community, and it's such a blessing to hear how God is using you all over the world. Thank you. I love you guys, too. I appreciate all that you do. And hi to everybody, worship team, all the people at City Heights, <laughs> all the family around. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, God bless you. Thank you. Bye. Well, family, I hope that today you were able to catch a glimpse of what growing in biblical community looks like. Paul says that we need to be humble, we need to be patient, and ultimately we need to be united in the Spirit. All of this is only possible by the power of the Spirit of God. And that's the best part. We can't do this on our own strength, and because of Jesus, we don't have to. Right now, I want to extend a special call to action to everybody watching right now. Uh, as the online pastor, I get the joy of helping connect people to take a next step. And we want to launch 100 new online groups by March 1st. I know it's an audacious goal, but I believe that we've got more than enough willing and able people who are watching and they want to say yes. I believe that God is looking for people who will say yes to expand his kingdom and invite others to experience community through the family of God. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to be present. We'll provide you with all the training and materials that you need to lead and you can sign up by texting groups to 52525 or visiting sdrock.com groups. How will you live a life worthy of your calling? God bless you, and we'll see you soon.